Hello, and welcome back to Film Narc. As you can see, we upgraded our studio <laughs> to a completely different place. Um, we got a great show for you today. We're actually going to be interviewing a real-life person over the phone. Uh, they work up in Seattle for 710 ESPN AM Radio. His name is Taylor, uh, nicknamed Fresh. Um, we'll talk to him a little bit later, so some good stuff coming ahead. Apparently he's a big Star Wars fan, so we're going to mostly stick to Star Wars, uh, ask him a little bit about just radio and how he got his start, but uh, it's pretty exciting for us because, you know, he's legit, Yeah, and, and we're he's, not. And he's going to spend <laughs> all that time doing an interview for something no one's going to hear. Yeah, so, which is a big deal. That is know? a big deal! <laughs> um, we're not going to talk to him too much about sports or anything. Uh, we're going to find out, like Chris said, a little bit about his job, but we figure he does it all day, we won't dig into sports go hawks um so starting out tis a new year this is our first episode of the new year yeah uh happy new year everyone Yay! 2016 Woo-hoo! Dream. uh so we're gonna we got some <laughs> we're gonna talk about the year in review a yeah. little bit later but we're also going to talk th- about the year to come and some of our new year resolutions about movies specifically and the show and uh, um, we got a few surprises for you. Um, we're going to talk a lot about the Oscars because that's coming up in about a month. So. Yeah, so new uh, episode of Highbrow for yep. everyone to look forward to. That's something to look Since forward to. Since it went to. so well last time. Oh, yeah. Um, so you talked about movie resolutions. Um, that is something that we actually kind of did recently uh, when some of the news and all of the feedback that came out about Deadpool, which I'm very stoked about, by the way. Yeah, so... You know, every year you make a resolution. Most people do. You know, oh, I want to lose weight. I want to eat healthier. Well, what kind of movies do you want to see? Like, what do you want to do movie-wise? So we um, we picked one movie that we're probably most looking forward to that's coming out this new year, at least the one that we are, are well aware of because it's coming out um, just next month, and that we have decided to go see Deadpool together. Um, we're not exactly sure what day that'll be, but um, we'll give you a review as soon as we watch it. But that's supposed to be amazing. It's getting rave reviews from yeah. people who have seen like some of the uh, early footage that they've released and um, some of the test audiences that they've done. Uh, uh, I'm really excited to see it. I like that they're doing something different with the superhero movie. Thank goodness. Uh, something different with the comic book hero. So, yeah, it's looking really good. And we're excited to see that. Yes. Um, what you were saying, you you wanted to go see some different types of movies. Uh, yeah, uh, that's that's kind of one of my personal resolutions. Is that I want to be more open to watching genres that may not be my favorite. Because you know when you're flipping through Netflix and you're like, oh, I heard that was a good movie. Oh, okay, and then you're like, whoa, Expendables three. I got a couple hours to kill, and I will make time to watch Sylvester Stallone shoot stuff like he does in every movie. But uh, I'm going to be more open with my genres and kind of force myself to dig into some more of the ones that maybe I don't frequent as often as I should. Um, So I'm just going to be a little bit more broad with my selection. Um, I try to be pretty broad, but there's always room to grow, right? 
That's what life is. Yeah. I want to try and see more indies this oh, yeah. year, you know? Some of those underground films that uh, don't necessarily get as much coverage in the media... You know, a lot mm. of those movies are really good, and just you know, watch some more movies with budgets under ten million dollars. You know, yeah. and just have a good time uh, seeing something a little bit more artsy, maybe, or uh, you know, with a little bit more feeling. Um, some of those movies have made it into the uh, uh, Oscars Best Picture this year. Um, mm. Some of the smaller movies, and um, I just did a review for a smaller movie called. What we do in the shadows that was incredible. So uh, it's kind of encouraged me to check out more small movies like yeah. that. So, all right. Well, those are a few of our movie resolutions heading into this new year. And uh, you spoke previously about uh, superhero movies, which is something I kind of want to dig into. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a slew of superhero movies coming out. Civil War is a big one, which I'm extremely excited for now officially now that spider-man's going to be in it and some ideas have been revealed about kind of what part he's going to play which is very similar to the comic book uh so exceedingly excited for that huge spider-man fan um i'm excited to see what they're gonna do with spider-man in the you know in the marvel universe and and bringing him in yeah yeah. Yeah. i fully agree with that uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him. Mm-hmm. And Civil War, you know, we've all seen the trailers, hopefully. It looks like it's going to be a cool movie. Like, yeah. Some of the action sequences look amazing, some of yeah. those fights. So, yeah. I mean, it's the it's technically Captain America Civil War, so it's the third Captain America. And they got a huge bar to jump over after Winter Soldier. Right, because Winter really Soldier incredible. was really, really good. Yeah, yeah. and um, they tend to like give political him thriller. the most uh, plot for yeah. the Avenger movies. I find that if you really want to know what's going on with the Avenger movies, watch the Captain America mm-hmm. movies. They seem to give him the most, you know arc episodes and well i think with captain america it they have to approach it a little bit different because if you got the hulk the only way to really make it interesting is to have another big huge monster that the hulk fights because otherwise he's right hulk's basically gonna win so you gotta have a little bit of a threat iron man kind of the same thing with the armor and the extra firepower while captain america he's faster he's stronger um he has all that kind of stuff but you you can't just have like oh big monster guy and have captain america fight him you kind of need it to be a little more story driven. Yes. Yeah. For that character yeah. to really show how good he really is. But that tends to make him more, you know, exciting movies because mm-hmm. it's a human story. Yeah. You know, he's the closest to being a normal human of all the, you yes. know, Avengers. Uh, um, Hulk, I'd like to see them take him to space, you know, uh, and because that's what they do with the comics, and that's what it looks like they're hinting at with, you know, Avengers Age of Ultron in the end where he's flying off. I'd really like to see that. I think they, I think they've, Mark Ruffalo and the Avengers crew has taken Hulk to a point where I think he could actually have hmm. a solo movie. Um, well, we may be getting a start of that because in the new Thor Ragnarok, they've discussed that uh, the Hulk may be joining Thor for a cosmic adventure. Right. So right. I thought that was kind of yeah. There's whisperings. There's there's nothing for sure, but yeah. I I think everyone's kind of hoping they take it that yeah. way. And, and if there's I enough love, hope, they'll do it. Think so. of how 
epic and huge that movie could be. Um, if they do the, you know, they did a really good job with him fighting the, uh, uh, you know, Iron Man's Hulk stopper, yeah. you know. Uh, so if they can do more of things like that, but with creatures and things in, in space, oh my gosh. Uh, you know, do, you know, cover the whole storyline where he goes to this, like, arena, you know, just yeah, like the, a fighting the planet. planet and Hulk. Just, yeah, and yeah. he just has to kill, you know, huge ant. Oh my god. Planet Hulk would be such a It would be incredible. Movie. So anyhow, uh, there's still things to look forward to. There's still things to look forward to, but like we were saying, there's a lot of things that have been talked about, and even yeah. things that we're, we, even though we're looking forward to it, there's still a lot of like mystery, but there's not a lot of mystery involved. There's a lot of like people have ideas of what's going to happen, and so. Um, something that you know we wanted to talk about today was ways that superhero movies can surprise us because mm. I like superhero movies. I don't want them to get dull. I don't want them yeah. to like fade out. Like I mean, there's always going to be something exciting about original movies. Yeah. Um, and I want to see more of those, especially this new year because there's so many sequels mm. uh, this past year. But um, you know, are there something that superhero movies could really do to surprise us so that we stay engaged? Kill a main character. That is really where I think they need to go. Civil War, I think, is a perfect opportunity for that to happen because it's hero on hero. Mm-hmm. But they they have to show the gravity of the situation. There needs to be stakes, and they've had... The deaths in the past, have, those characters have pretty much come back. Yeah. They brought back Agent Coulson, like, for the TV show, and I know they don't have him in the movies, but they still pretty much brought him back, yeah. like... Uh, they haven't killed any serious main characters, so they're losing stakes. So that would be a huge thing, and it would surprise people. Mm. Uh, also, I think um, they need to look at it from a different point of view. You know, uh, they need to get smaller. I think that's part of why Ant Man did so well because yeah. they were like it was just a heist movie. You know, like normal. The whole world's not in jeopardy. There are real people, and I think that's yeah. another reason why the Netflix series are doing so well. Like. Yeah. Uh, because people like to see superheroes in an urban setting where they're really just saving people. Also, I'd like to see something from, like, just cover, like, normal people for a while and get to know this, like, maybe family or couple and what they're doing. And then, boom, all of a sudden, this superhero fight, like, infringes upon their life. Yeah. And, and kind of see how... You know, maybe one of those families who is living in one of those skyscrapers that got, like, blasted away during the Superman fight in Man yeah. of Steel. And, like, and then, and if you start in a, you know, you start from a non-superhero and then, boom, bring that in, I think that could be pretty cool, too. Yeah. Um, you had some other ideas? Um, yeah, well, first I would say, um, if, if they're going to kill someone, if Marvel's going to kill someone, I really think it should be someone like uh, Captain America or Iron Man. Uh, because it'd be really easy to replace. You already have a couple people that in the comics have taken over the helm of Captain America, mm-hmm. like uh, the Winter Soldier, Bucky Brooks. And then you got War Machine for Iron Man. Precisely. Those are, and anyone yeah. could put on the metal suit and basically be Iron Man. Those are some of the first money-making superheroes. They be are. A, a serious thing to come off. But what are we talking about here? We're talking about how would they surprise us. Do you think they would keep doing solo movies I think they. I think they definitely could flesh out the characters. It's a brand new character going through those experiences. So right. I think you'd be able to kind of fill it in. I mean, it'd be interesting to dive into um, the guy who plays the Falcon. Also, I think currently in comics is Captain America. Right. So uh, right. there's 
there's plenty of places to go, and I know a lot of the contracts for uh, Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. are kind of nearing the end, so it might be an hmm. interesting way to go through with it. But then, of course, we also have Infinity Wars, which right now they said they have 67 heroes up on a board really? in the movie. They may not go with 67. I think that that is a very, very large amount yeah, of Yeah, too heroes. many to characterize. You, yeah. could, you wouldn't want to... Unless you just characters. brought in a bunch at the end, like someone showed up and they're like, "Oh, here's a portal. All the heroes, come on, let's yeah. get them." And then just like, boom. "I brought all the heroes, guys. Yeah. My <laughs> superheroes, guys. My power is gathering heroes. <laughs> um, I'm really good at organizing things. Um, That's awesome. That would be, um, yeah. I, I, I've heard things, you yeah. know, about Infinity Wars. Everything's rumors. And if. They could definitely kill some people off after that. Also, I think it would be interesting to split it up a little bit. Like, they brought it together, and then they do, like, maybe the first or or two, like, Civil War, you know, Infinity War, Mm. you know, and then kind of break them up again, you know, Um, have them go their separate ways. Or even after this Captain America movie, have Captain America go and... Iron Man and kind of have them split up and have the Avengers have to, uh, you know, find a new leader or, you know, something like that yeah. could help. But um, if you did kill off one of the main characters, what would be something cool that you could do is continue, you know, the solo movies with mm. that character, you know, in a different, like, you know, Time completely frame. separate, yeah. you know. Uh, if, if they continue requiring everything to stay linked together, it's going to get just too hard to make the movies that you know people really want to see so i think eventually they're gonna have to kind of separate them um but yeah yeah um i mean everything's just so predictable one thing that i kind of talked to chris about in terms of what i'd like to see from a superhero movie um is how the movies always go it's a perfectly normal world for however long until the present day and then one person's like, oh, hey, holy crap, I got some sort of superpowers. I'm going to be a good guy and fight crime. And then they fight basic crime. And then, of course, when you're watching the movie or listening to the story, you're kind of like, okay, yeah, he's overpowered and he's just beating up bank robbers, whatever. Um, so then no time prior, only after the hero's been made or roughly around the same time, a bad guy winds up getting some sort of powers to combat him to, you know, make it interesting and raise the stakes. But how come the bad guys have never shown up first? I think it'd be really cool to see a superhero movie where the bad guys outnumber a solo good guy and they've already established themselves as a superpower ruling over a city. That's Um, the part of this idea that I really like. They've taken over. Yeah. Kind of like the way they did Batman Begins like a little bit but that yeah. was the villains in that weren't characterized um it was just like yeah gotham is bad um it would be way cooler if it was like you know a few or you know four or five like several villains super villains have taken over and set up camp in this town yeah. and and just a guy who actually lives there but is presently there yeah. you know starts realizing hey i've always been able to do this now i need to use this yeah to you know like odds are i'm going to die but i'm the only hope these people got yeah (laughs) like i think it'd be a lot cooler seeing someone go into what is pretty much an impossible situation and kind of gain their powers and kind of like 
learn as they're going along kind of almost maybe like Mega Man-esque mm-hmm. you know <laughs> you go and fight the different bad guys and you kind of learn uh, something new that would new. be sick dude Mega Man Mega Man would oh, make a super sick movie. Oh, you get the power of the boss every time. Dude, okay, hold on. I love that game. Why don't we just make this a Mega Man movie? Right. We like, why don't Mega we Man have the, well, Dr. Wily really taking hard. over a city and then the scientists sneak away and they're it, hiding it and they're be, wanted and they make Mega Man? Right. It would be so hard because like video game movies have a really bad history. Mm-hmm. We haven't really seen a good video game movie yet. Like, yeah. All of them have been bad so far. So, it even though there's a lot of potential there, especially with Mega Man, man, Mega Man would make a great movie. Mega Man would be um, a pretty sick movie, uh, and and it would totally be worthy of it because there's what like twelve or thirteen Mega Man games. Yeah. There's a lot. So, oh man, that would be amazing. Yeah. That would be great. You could have them like kind of do it, and they're like, All right, dude, he go needs for to it. team up with Samus from Metroid. <laughs> that would be sick. Just like a super, <laughs> and just like super a suit. Super Nintendo movie, like oh. with all the good people. I always thought it'd be super awesome to do a comedy version of Super Mario. We're getting off topic, but who cares? Yeah, dude, we talk about movies. To do a version like a comedy tongue-in-cheek version of Super Mario, where maybe like Mario's actually in like. A coma, imagining he's in the Mushroom Kingdom, or maybe it is he eats a mushroom and then he feels super powered, but really he's just having a really crazy trip, like drug trip or something. Yeah. With like, like Luke and Owen Wilson, they yeah. play the Mario Brothers. <laughs> I, I was I was going to say uh, Seth Rogen as Mario and James Franco as Luigi. Ooh, yeah, okay. So because kind of going more the druggy route because that's how that game. Yeah, is. and that would be actually really funny to see yeah. them in that situation. Yeah. But we it need to be able to question like. Crazy mushroom-headed demons, like, right. walking along the ground. Or, yeah, it could be a drug trip. And then, well, what I would like with, out of that movie is is portray it as a drug trip. And then you find out later, like, they're actually, were like, Bowser is real. Or, yeah. you know, like, uh, they, you know, they find maybe, you know, maybe it would get a little sci-fi. But maybe they find this, you know, realm where, you know, giant turtle monsters exist and Goombas are actually... Yeah real things or whatever you know you eat a flower and you get firepower yeah but i think it'd be cool to like make it very stylized you know how like 300 stylized where it's almost like an oil painting okay or like thing. sin city where it's really artistic yeah, i was thinking really artistic, i was thinking more like, video gamey like uh yeah but still use all those colors like scott pilgrim versus the world yeah you can do that yeah um i just always kind of envisioned it since this is a totally it's I mean, it's a plumber with powers to eat a flower. And right. Throw they, a their needs, they, like, they can't take themselves too seriously. No. Which yeah. I think they tried grounding the Bob Hoskins Super Mario into more of a reality than right. what was really necessary. Yeah, I mean, they're it's like a ridiculous premise. Yeah, but yeah, that's the trouble with a lot of uh, video game movies is they take them so seriously mm. and they try and play them so straight and... You really need to have a sense of humor. I mean, it's a video game. Yeah. You know, they're they're meant to entertain kids. Like, you could do a serious version of Zelda. Like, that oh, would Zelda. work. Zelda could be an amazing movie. Dude, there's so many... Metroid, like, I could you go could off, do it, but I could Mario, go on, not a movie. ...on video games for hours, yeah. on, on video games that could make good movies. And, and I think we will get them, because we're starting to get... 
uh, you know, your Joss Whedon's and your J.J. Abrams, yeah. your directors who can really handle that kind of material. Yeah. Uh, even maybe Peter Jackson, because it would be cool to see one of, you know. Peter kinda... Jackson doing Zelda would be pretty sick. Right. Like a video, like you got those kinds of monsters and stuff that yeah. he's really good with. Um, that was a good topic. I think, I think we've kind of, I think we, I think we're good for a break. Oh, but I wanted to mention Suicide Squad. Uh, hmm. that just as talking about something different with superhero movies, Suicide Squad, they released a new trailer somewhat recently and it looks really good. And I like how it's following these villains. Um, and they're not losing their villainy, you know, they're, they're yeah. just doing it. It looks great. I, I was not excited about Suicide Squad at all. And then the little teaser came out, still not excited about right. it. I thought the Joker, I was like, mm, kind of about it. But this new one, it could be because they use Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. I am very much a fan You never of. know with these trailers because, I mean, you make it like a music video. Of course yeah. it's entertaining. Yeah. but And then you use like one of my favorite songs, and then, of course, I'm going to like it even more. But I... Actually, want to see it now. I thought it looked really cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm uh, Will Smith. About it. Uh, I just trust him. You yeah. know, yeah. as uh, he usually picks pretty good movies, and uh, uh, and and uh, Margot Robbie is yeah, that her Margot name? Robbie. She's been killing it lately. Yeah. Uh, she's a really good pick for Harlequin. So I don't know. It just it looks like it could be really good, and I'm I'm allowing myself to ha- have high hopes. Yeah, and and it's. As far as superhero movies go and wanting to see more from the villain inside, mm. uh, hopefully that's exactly what that's going to give us. Yeah. So anyhow, that's what I wanted to bring it up. All right. So we're going to take a break and we're going to hear from word from our sponsor and we will be right back. All right. Hello, this is Corey from FilmNark and I'm here to talk to you about the newest tabletop game. Tabletop lacrosse! Now, they take your favorite field sport of lacrosse and actually bring it for tabletop. Kind of like they did with uh, ping pong and tabletop tennis and all those... And all those things. I'll get it. Um, Okay. Um, But it's a great game. Lots of fun. You get full-size lacrosse uh, rackets. And then uh, you throw them across the table, across to your opponent, where there is a small net uh, that you got to try to make... Shoot, 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 shoot. Oh, shoot, 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 shoot. All right, and welcome back to Film Narc. Uh, we have our very special guest uh, with us today, uh, Taylor Jacobs from 710 ESPN AM. Um, he's a producer on some of the shows, and he does some cool stuff. We're going to ask him a little bit about it. Uh, Taylor, how are you doing? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on the uh, on the podcast. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, yeah, really appreciate it. Um, uh, I know that you listen to us religiously, and uh, <laughs> you've been a huge fan. And you've been on a hunger strike until the next episode. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> when I get to uh, finish the next episode. Okay. All right, man. Well, uh, we're gonna get started. Um, I think Chris had the first question for you here. Yeah, oh, I'm just curious, what exactly do you do on the radio, and uh, um, what do your kind of like your duties include? So I'm a producer, and essentially what my job entails is uh, I will come up with essentially segment ideas and uh, topics that I, I think that my host should talk about 
on the air that day, and you know we'll have a production meeting about for about two hours before we actually go on air, and you know we'll just kind of go back and forth and figure out which which ideas work and what we want to talk about, what what the biggest question of the day in Seattle would be, you know, mainly around the NFL, the Seahawks or the Mariners, uh, two specific teams that uh, we cover here on uh, Seven Ten. So mainly just uh, coming up with the ideas and. Uh, what what to do on air on the on a daily basis and then just uh when we're not on air figuring out what we're going to do in the next day wow okay so uh basically the hosts do nothing then <laughs> yeah right no my hosts <laughs> do nothing like a lot of i am everything and uh yeah no they should rename the show no i'm just kidding <laughs> they they come up with they bring a lot of ideas you know it's a, it's a team effort it's not like just me and we have a great board operators named nasa they call him the judge yeah he also has a lot uh, of production ideas and value to the table as well so uh it's it's a fantastic four it's not just uh it's just not just one of us yeah well uh i'm a constant listener to your guys show i send stuff in to you guys all the time um i think you guys have a fabulous show um so that's great uh if there's anyone listening to our show right now who may be interested in doing what you're doing or um getting into radio kind of how did you get started into that well, I got started actually in high school. There was a radio station in Mercer Island, and I uh, I wanted to just work in radio somehow. So uh, mm-hmm. I volunteered there. It was a uh, hip hop and R and B station at the time, and pretty much for the next two years until my senior year, worked there and ended up becoming the program director and music director because he had left, and uh, me and a co student uh, ended up taking those roles on, and then I was just pretty much fascinated with production and uh, broadcast communications, TV, radio. So I went to uh, Washington State and I got my degree in communications there. And then from there, just kind of, you know, tried to intern at Fox Sports Net. Uh, ended up working at a couple different radio stations. And then I started a podcast. And, th- and that would be my biggest piece of advice is just get in front of a microphone. If you're really passionate, whether you want to be a radio host or a producer or if you just want to be a podcast guy, which is completely acceptable now, uh, just you, you got to get in front of a microphone and just talk with your buddies. Find a topic, like just formulate something to get it uh, on the internet. And there are people out there who are going to find it and are going to enjoy it. And whether it's one person or a thousand people, like you just start to build up this uh, this momentum behind your you and the podcast, and then you kind of just build your brand from there. So. That, that would be my biggest advice would just be get in front of the microphone and uh, and if you can record a podcast with your friends about something fun and, and just BS and ham it up, I mean, go for it. But go all in on that. Oh, awesome. Well, uh, that's good news to us and the five people that listen to our show. So that's... <laughs> yeah. That's, well, yeah. So <laughs> hi, Mom and Dad. You got to say hi to Mom and Dad. <laughs> yeah. And hi, hi, Mom. Um, they're here. Yeah. <laughs> they're in the bedroom. We asked them not to come out. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, I'm going to stop bugging you about work. I know it's the weekend. Um, and we're going to dig into uh, some Star Wars questions. I, I know from the show and from uh, your your profile uh, that you're kind of a self-proclaimed nerd, which is pretty awesome, and you're a big fan of Star Wars. Oh, yeah. I, I would say Empire Strikes Back might be my favorite movie of all time. The, the first time I saw it, I just remember... They have those videos on the internet of kids watching it. I, if they had YouTube back then, I would have been on YouTube as one of the guys. <laughs> oh, no! It wasn't ever spoiled for me. 
So yeah. watching Empire Strikes Back the first time on VHS, so it wasn't all this digital crazy remastered or yeah. anything like that just yet. Um, it was it was breathtaking. And then from that moment on, I've just been a huge Star Wars nerd. Uh, been to all the premieres that I could go to as as a grown person. Uh, usually like to bring a lightsaber or something like that just for protection because you never know. Oh yeah. <laughs> so pretty much, and then. Um, I love the universe, the games, the books, the comics, all that. I'm just, I love all things Star Wars. Oh, well, that's fantastic. Well, we got some good questions for you about the new movie. So uh, you said you've been to all the premieres, so I'm going to rightfully assume you've seen The Force Awakens. Yeah, uh, I'm going my fifth time here with my girlfriend and a group of other girl, her girlfriends, uh, in the next week or so, just for my fifth time. So I will uh, make it a nice little... uh, Nice uh, odd number there with five. Yeah, that that's fantastic. I, I saw it twice. I almost saw it three times in theaters, but I um, I felt like two was enough. But five, that's impressive. Yeah, um, yeah. It was just it honestly, and I didn't pay for all five tickets, so I'm not gonna. I'm not like that heavy of a spender. <laughs> I, I bought my premiere tickets, and then the Friday after the premiere tickets, and then ended up going with a family member, and then yeah. coworkers got some tickets, so I went with them. So just kind of the way the, the uh, cookie crumbled on going to all the premieres. But yeah, no, two is probably enough if you're a Star Wars buff to just kind of go back, re-see, re-feel some of the things. You kind of get a different appreciation for certain scenes as well, like when Han walks into the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. You, the second time you see it, you're just like, oh man, this is this is a powerful moment. Yeah. Um, so apparently you love the movie. Uh you got a lot of goods for it. Um, were there any bads, anything that you were kind of disappointed with? Um, I mean, Carrie Fisher's acting has fallen off a slight a slight <laughs> bit. Um, I just found her and Hans kind of, uh, their argument to be a little robotic. Yeah. Uh, even though I, I, I knew the nostalgia, I knew the feeling, I knew the love was there. I'm not, I'm not discrediting that, but it just kind of felt a little bit different. It wasn't quite the old, like, I mean, it wasn't the old Carrie Fisher. It's the new Carrie Fisher, which is completely fine. But um, th- that was, like, one of the moments I found kind of awkward. Um, I mean, there's small little criticisms that you can go back and you can kind of nitpick on. But a- as an overall experience, I would uh, I would really put it highly ranked in the uh, Star Wars universe. Oh, um, that was the next yeah. question. I want to know where you rank it, like, amongst the original trilogy. Like, do you think it's... Do you think it's up there with, like, Empire Strikes Back, or where would you put it, like, in order? I would probably go Empire 1, um, Return probably 2, and then I might put Force Awakens 3 with New Hope almost being, like, 3A. I think they were essentially the same movie. Right. And uh, we just got a new a new universe. It was this new feeling. We finally... We got to meet like our old friends again, but they're they're improved. It was just I would just put it right above a new hope, and uh, and then with the uh, three, two, one, you know, probably going back in reverse order. Yeah, I um, yeah, prequels, man. What what the hell? Um, but uh, uh, you got yeah. another hour and a half. We can get we can get into the prequels. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that's not very positive. Uh, a sound for anyone to hear. That's just a lot of nerds arguing and getting angry. Yeah, yeah we don't need to do that. That 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 exists out there on the internet. I'm sure you, if you're looking for that, you can go out and find it. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty to find. Um, 
Yeah, I I personally absolutely loved Force Awakens. Um, and I feel like the more I watch it, the more I'm going to adore it. Um, I, I think a lot of the callbacks were very well played. There was a lot of jokes. It was a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be. Um, oh, the, I will that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and the one part that kind of got me to where I was like, oh, okay, too much, was when they kind of shoveled in the trench run at the end. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was, I mean, and it was just like, oh, here's the, here's the plan. All right, that's a good plan. Let's just go with it. That worked before. Like, no one questioned it. It was like a <laughs> minute scene where they're just like, you know what? Yeah, that'll work. Hey, there's got to be a way to blow it up. Yeah, it's like, yeah. all right, let's go. Yeah. Do you have any written proof on how this is going to work? No, no, man. Let's just uh, free, free ball it. Let's do it. Hey, this is what all we right. did before. Yeah. Let's do it again. Yeah, so let's. All, all in? Everyone all in? All right, let's go. <laughs> Hands in. Hands in. Um, everyone gets a trophy. Um, yeah. Okay, so I want some opinions, because uh, there's a lot of speculation going on out there about a ton of different things. Uh, here's the big question. Who do you think Ray's parents are? Oh, there are... Honestly, I still kind of buy into that Han Solo and Leia are the parents. Really? Um, and I know people are, uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi has really picked up a lot of steam, and of course the most popular is that it's Luke Kid, which is both completely viable options, but I just, after watching it a couple times, I just get this feeling that there's something there. They had this long embrace, you know, after uh, the Han scene, and Kylo Ren says something along the lines of, like, this is the girl I've been hearing so much about, almost as if, like, the, his parents were talking about some girl that they maybe stashed on another planet because she was very force sensitive. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, and it, it, gets, it ties back into kind of the old canon. I know they said they went away from it, but, you know, Han and Leia's kids being torn to two different sides of the force. Uh, you get twins again. It's family. Yeah. You know, the, the, the motifs that run heavily through Star Wars are still, uh, still present in this, in this next universe. Yeah. And and right now I'm willing to take absolutely anything other than that she's Luke's daughter. That is just like too much to me. I think it's the only thing that could really ruin it is if yeah, she winds up being tied to Luke. It's too easy, you know? It's mm. just like, okay, okay yeah, I guess. But, um, yeah, I, I would love just... Obi-Wan would be cool to me. I mean, he's my favorite. He's my absolute favorite character. I love Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I would love it to, to know the fact that, like, Obi got down a little bit, and he had a kid. That would be cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he was on Tatooine for however long. Like, it makes perfect sense that he could have had a relationship, and this is a granddaughter. Yeah, it's pretty lonely out there in the desert, so I'm sure, like, <laughs> you know, you go, you go to the cantina, and you have a couple, you knock back a couple drinks, and, yep. uh, where the night you end up with a Twi'lek and, you know, things go crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, let's just go to see how this plays out. Tentacle yeah. head woman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Plus, he, he, can, he can tell people to do what he wants them to do. Hopefully, he has enough, like, moral integrity not to, you know, use somebody like that, but... You just took this to a really dark place, <laughs> Chris. I don't know. <laughs> It's the, Obi-Wan isn't the Bill Cosby you Jedi. Will, you will <laughs> sleep with me. <laughs> um, okay, so another question here for you. Uh, uh, where would you like to see the, like, the next movie? What do you want to see out of it? Like, Pitch the next movie, like the, the, the perfect next Star Wars movie, in your opinion. 
the next Star Wars movie, I essentially want episode eight to be a two-hour montage of Rey and Kylo Ren training to fight each other. <laughs> I want it to be just Rey going through her side with Luke and just learning the ways, and then Kylo Ren maybe even getting the, the Sith tattoos something crazy like that like that's what i've been saying i want i want them to be training like yeah i want it to be like almost a rocky kind of a feel yes Yes, i I completely agree Uh, maybe like some minor battles happening here and there on other planets you know you get poe involved you get the droids involved things like that and then sin and but uh i I just want to see those two training for so that in like nine we get the most epic yeah, lightsaber battle. Yeah, I I really want to see Luke kind of go off and do something big, like maybe show up towards the end of the movie with Ray and like kind of settle a whole big battle that's going on. I think it'd be really cool to see that. Um, I from the start, I thought it would be really cool just to have a really dark scene with Kylo Ren where maybe he cuts off his own hand to be like Vader with his lightsaber. I yeah, don't know. yeah, like some sort of like he puts himself through some sort of extraneous circumstance that makes him like uh what, what's the word i'm looking for like it makes him like a legit fifth, essentially yeah yeah i like the idea of tattooing himself like he yeah. physically modifies himself to become yeah. more like the dark side and embody mm. it more that was one of the biggest complaints about the first uh, like the people that I talk to, they don't like the way he looks. They say he looks like a male figure skater. It didn't really bother <laughs> me, but it would be cool to kind of badass him up a little bit. Yeah, totally. I mean, like maybe shave his head. Yeah, and then like the tattoos. Because everyone loved Maul. He was probably Darth Maul. He was probably the only character that everyone fell in love with from Episode One. Yeah, and to to kind of throw back to that because they don't really explain it in the movie what it is. You almost just think it. But it's actually like this grueling tattoo that you know that these upper level Sith get when they're trying to prove themselves. So mm. I would love to see that, or like like you just mentioned, like him cutting his arm off to prove himself and then getting the robotic arm. Yeah. Then like at some point, like Luke and Kylo could like grab robotic arms and just have a nice little robotic hand hold. Yeah, oh, or uh, like cool. kind of like Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers, just like that. <laughs> Kind of intense metallic handshake. In every way. Yeah. And and the fate of the galaxy is decided through like a coconut crushing contest. Yeah. And then they have to cover their entire body of mud. We haven't seen anybody do it to themselves on purpose. Like cut something off and get like a better metallic. I really like that idea. And Kylo Ren is the kind of character who would do it just, you know, on purpose. And I really like Kylo Ren as a character. One of the things I love is that the the light side of the force is drawing him away. Yeah. yeah. Dark side. I mean, we've never really experienced that. I mean, they've talked about it in the books and things like that, but to see it on screen and like to see him struggle with the light is actually yeah. pretty cool. And I actually have a question for you guys. What's up? Do you think Kylo Ren could be an inside job, could be an inside guy hired by or trained by Luke Skywalker, essentially, to infiltrate the Sith? Oh, and maybe he's just getting too caught up in it, right? Well, then he, you know, he asks Han. And he's mm-hmm. like, "I need to do something," and Han says, "Do whatever you need to do. I support you." Essentially, to prove to uh, Snoke that he is, yeah, 
to the dark side, so he kills his own dad. Uh, so he's like, Nate. <laughs> to come back and be good. Yeah, uh, Chris had a good point. It'd kind of be like a Cerberus Snape from Harry Potter. That, that's exactly what I was like, kind of leaning towards. That that whole storyline of of evil, but is he really evil? Is he just, or is he an antagonist? And yeah, end up being something bigger than just the main villain. That's a solid point, man. I uh, never that, even that, thought about yeah. that. There's de- a definite possibility, and I really like it. It would yeah. be cool to see him do something because they're going too much in the same vein as as other movies we've seen. Mm. And it would be really great if from the you know from the very get go they had us fooled, and that would be a cool twist. Yeah, I'm expecting something big to happen because this is J.J. Abrams kind of starting this whole thing out, and he's big on twists and things crazy happening. And now I, I heard that the, we wouldn't be surprised if uh, J.J. is directing Nine, but Ryan Johnson may still even work on the script with him, which would be yeah. just like, alright, let's just, you know what, we'll, I'll do Seven, you do Eight, and then we'll just do Nine, and we'll just hit a grand slam. Yeah. Yeah, I think that sounds pretty outstanding. Um, now, my next question for you is my favorite question because I feel like I have two answers that are right. And uh, everything anyone else would say is wrong. Um, <laughs> um, so if you could do a spin-off movie of the Star Wars universe, yep. any two, any or any character in the Star Wars universe, who would be the star of your spin-off movie? It's got to be TR-8R from this movie. Oh. Stormtrooper, <laughs> who fought Finn, and was absolutely badass, and was like the most loyal Stormtrooper of all time, like fights this guy with a lightsaber, like, I want to know about that guy, that, that, make that Captain Phasma. Yeah. And like, oh, by the way, Captain Phasma, just to rewind, one of the things I was disappointed with in this movie, I thought it was going to be a bigger character and kind of yeah. have more of an evil impact, but no, nothing. So, yeah, she, she Boba fed it all over that movie. Right. She didn't do yeah. anything. It was like kind of one of the most disappointing things. <laughs> They're like, Captain Phasma. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, oh, it's Bran from Tarth. Like, she's so cool. Like, I was so excited to see her in a Star Wars universe. And then it's just like, they like, didn't even use her. They probably like cut all her scenes. So, yeah. No, I, I mean, that, that, I mean, that's a silly answer. I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing, you know. No, TR8R like, would be outstanding. I would like to see something cool like that. Yeah. Um, that's actually a good answer. Who who would you choose? Yeah, dude, traitor. That was that was solid. I feel like maybe there's three right answers. Um, a character from Force Awakens or just from Star Wars? In Any general? Star Wars, anything. Because I I feel like people really like Boba Fett, and it would be cool to see like a kind of you know bounty hunter sort of even like a heist film, but set in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. I think that could be something pretty cool. Yeah, it would lend credence to everyone's fan and love right, to right because he's already got that kind of following or even like just something on the Wookiees you know mm-hmm. oh just, I'd love to see yeah, like yeah. something on the cheek yeah that'd be really cool I know, I know that, that uh, uh, the sequel to the Han Solo standalone movie is called Han Solo Boba Fett oh really yeah so mm-hmm. uh, I guess we'll find out what that means I don't know because maybe it takes place after yeah. Is this going to be um, 
going to be interesting to see what that that's all about. Yeah, that's always exciting. Uh, for me, part of me leans toward uh, Palpatine, Darth Sidious. Kind oh, of yeah. see how he got started, how he got into the political game, how he trained. I feel like that would be pretty cool. Yeah, his relationship with Plagueis. Yeah. I think yeah, that... No. Oh, go ahead. I mean, and I guess that kind of rewinds to the question, who is Snoke? Do you think it's Plagueis or Sidious, or do you think it's someone completely new? I think it's someone completely new, but they've played a part in the background through all of the previous movies. Yeah, almost like a, uh, what was it, this last James Bond, like Spectre? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. Um, and and my other one, which I would like to see more than a Palpatine movie, would be a Max Rebo movie um, with, uh, you know, the blue elephant guy that plays in Jabba's Palace with the keyboard? Uh, only do I know Max Rebo. He's one of my favorite characters. Used to have a toy. He was my favorite toy. I absolutely, when you just said that, I actually spun around in my chair. <laughs> That's awesome. I think it'd be great. But what would the movie be? Would he, like, travel around Dude, with his would, band? it would kind of be like Mark Wahlberg's rock star. And, like, it shows him, like, performing and, like, getting into the music industry. And then it all kind of ends on, like, an E-True Hollywood story where he, like, is working for Jabba and, like, these grungy places. Maybe he has a drug problem. Like... <laughs> He works for Java for like death sticks. Oh yeah, uh, I'm a I'm all in on a Max Rebo movie. I I, I want to cancel my answer and change my answer. To that. <laughs> all right, see, man, I told you, I, I felt like one of mine was was really right. Uh, that that just that just hit me right right in the field. <laughs> all right, um, well, I think that's about all the questions that we had for you today, Taylor. Um, thanks for coming on. Did you have any questions for us? Uh, I mean, I guess, well, you you made me rank the movies. I want to hear your guys' rankings before I get out of here. Give me the uh, one through seven. How are you ranking them? All right. Uh, I would go one, it's got to be Empire. I mean, the things that they did. I have a uh, five-year-old um, daughter, and I've been showing her Star Wars, and I made a really strong, like, it took everything to not spoil Darth Vader as Luke's father. And when she saw it, she turned around and she was like, what? And I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, so Empire's amazing. Uh, we did a list of best movie twists at one point in time, and Empire was up there as my number one. Oh, yeah. Mm. Have to be. Yeah. Um, I feel like, two, it would be Return of the Jedi. But I feel like after more viewings, The Force Awakens may take it over. Because, one, I love Rey. I think she's an amazing character. And... Darth Vader was always my favorite. Just the whole story arc of good going evil and then getting pulled back to the good was great. Um, but Darth Vader never really... For being on the dark side, which is based on being angry and you know vengeful, all that, he was a pretty calm, put-together dude who just like killed people every once in a while, while Kylo Ren is totally off the hinges. So, yeah. yeah, I love that yeah, he's off the hinges as well. Yeah, so... Um, I feel like there may be a swap there the more I see this movie. And then it'd be A New Hope, and then um, 3, 2, 1. So actually very similar to your list. Yeah, no, I, uh, I dig it. I can, I can respect that list. I right, think, Chris? I, well, of the prequels, I think 2 is worse than 1. I would probably put them 1, 3, 2. Uh, but right, but uh, as far as 
man, as a whole, it's really difficult because the originals have this, you know, I watched them when I was a kid and they're mm. still magical to me. And I used to watch them over and over again. And I love those movies. And I'm wondering how much The Force Awakens is going to knock that out because I never experienced this, you know, cultural phenomenon yeah. with the Star Wars where everyone's talking about it and actually seeing it in theaters. I never saw the originals in theaters. Um, so I, I don't, it's, it's really hard. I don't know how much of it is like personal and how much of it is, oh, well, they're the originals and nothing can ever take that place. But right now I would probably say Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, um, Force Awakens, New Hope, and then, what did I say? Uh, one, three, two. Yeah. So that's top down. Yeah. Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Me and you argued over Return of the Jedi as your favorite. I just I just watched it a lot. It's probably not as like it's not as good objectively as a movie, but like personally for me, it's the one that I like grew up watching over and over again. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, it's either Return or Empire. If you're if you're bringing really anything else into the conversation. Questioning your Star Wars, your Star Wars fandom, because the, the feelings and sensations you get. I mean, I mean, obviously, there's no Star Wars universe without a New Hope, and it, it's not right. one of the best. But Return, when you get you get that all the battles in Return, mm-hmm. and then Empire, you find out Darth the dad, and it ends on such a weird note with Han going into Carbonite and all this stuff. So, I mean, yeah. To me, those are those ratings would uh, fit along my uh, taste as well. They're acceptable. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll allow it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, well, all right, man. Well, thank you once again. We're talking with Taylor Jacobs of Seven Ten ESPN AM Radio. Um, he works on the Justin and G Show. He does a lot there. Uh, when football season's around, he does Fresh's Fantasy Focus. Um, yep. uh, yeah, if you have any, ever want to talk anything nerdy, I, you know, I love my comic books, video games. I'm always willing to talk. Uh, hit me up on Twitter uh, at Taylor710. Yes, yeah, yeah. So that's where you can. Uh, All right, can you? This was a lot of fun, Taylor. I can tell we you have a lot to say about movies and we'd get along great. So it was cool to have you on. Yeah, man. Anytime you need a uh, another uh, voice or you need another vote, just uh, hit me up. All right, we uh, definitely will. Thank you. Have a good day. Appreciate it. Yep, thanks, guys. That was cool. All right, so that was Taylor. Um, uh, Thanks to him again very much for being on our show. It's pretty outstanding. Uh, We're going to jump into a commercial break, and then we'll be right back. Yeah.